Oh my God. So oh my much God. to talk about. Let's go. This show is so great. Okay, great first up, we have a tale of two companies big time. A tale of two pandemic darlings with two very different quarterly outcomes. Peloton is uh, basically on the precipice of, uh, yeah, just being incinerated. And then Snowflake is firing on all cil cylinders. Our guy, Slootman, is just an absolute beast. Yeah, Slootman he's the flamethrower right now a beast so like he's like the hulk of sass hulk <laughs> smash that's his new nickname really the hulk. The hulk i want a t-shirt with slootman as the hulk <laughs> i think i might buy i might j trade some snow uh, it's amazing i i don't think that's a terrible idea but don't i'm trade trading on emotion. on emotion take a deep breath my best trades count to 10 then we're gonna have Lon. And speaking of more drama, we got our guy mm -hmm. Lon Harris back on the show for this weekend streaming, mm -hmm. and there's a lot to talk about there too. Yes, House of Dragon is out, and it's set a massive record. Additionally, we play Stump Lon Harris, where Molly and I tell him our favorite shows because we're both into the sci-fi fantasy kind of thing, and he tells us what to what to watch next. And Molly and I are cues runneth over stick with us it's gonna be a great show this week in startups is brought to you by odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you build and scale your business your first app is free forever and right now odoo is offering one thousand dollars off your first implementation pack at odoo.com twist that's odoo.com twist open phone as a startup founder, a lot of mistakes are easy to roll back, but using your personal cell phone number as your company number isn't one of them. Open Phone makes it easy to get business phone numbers for you and your team, right on top of your existing devices. Visit openphone.com twist to get 20% off your first six months. And lemon.io. Need to speed up your product development without draining your budget? Hire vetted engineers from Europe at Lemon.io. Go to Lemon.io slash twist to get 15% off for the first four weeks. All right, Molly, it's Thursday. That means we'll have this week in streaming with our friend Lon Harris. He's got so many great suggestions. We're going to talk about the Dragons, HBO, General Zaslov, or as I call him, General Zod, <laughs> uh, like from Su Superman uh, fame. Superman 2, the best the Superman film ever. Best metaphor. Like that is... Perfect, and all Zod. I will ever see in my head when Wait, I think of him the from now on. I love Zod. <laughs> Neo before Zod. <laughs> but we've been wondering what's going to happen yeah. with Pally Pal, my Pally Pal. Not Pellegrino, Peloton. Yeah. I love my Peloton. Uh, I, love I would like to invest in that company, but I never have. What's happened? It's looking grim. Well, kiddo, you're not going to now. Let me tell you. Peloton reported earnings for its fiscal Q4. The results were... Not good. Stock was down over 20% on Thursday right after the earnings report. Peloton's market cap is now $3.7 billion. Here are some notable numbers. Q4 cash, $1.2 billion. Q4 inventories, $1.1 billion, meaning that Peloton is currently sitting on one point over a billion dollars worth of unsold inventory. And I'm just going to say... I know that when you're running out of money, you raise prices. That seems reasonable. But like, I would have helped him out with that inventory problem. Hmm. And then boom, price range. And I'm like, I can't do it. Come on, you're killing me. Q4 accounts payable, $797 million. Q4 revenue, $679 million. That was down 28% year over year and down 
30% quarter over quarter. Q4 subscription revenue, $383 million. That's 56% of its total. That at least is up 4% quarter over quarter and up 36%. They raised the prices 10%. Yeah, so. They raised the prices 10%. I mean, I think this is where like roll up that inventory and make it a subscription. Just do it tomorrow. Yeah. I know it doesn't bring in cash fast enough. Maybe. I don't really know. Q4 uh, paid subscribers about $3 million. Up 27% year up over 27% year. Up 27% year over year, though. Yeah, so, so that's people nice are they got more subscribing. subscribing. Yeah, people are still subscribing, which is great. That means they're yeah. maybe buying their own hardware as well and subscribing? I guess so, or maybe yeah. resubscribing, you know? Maybe like maybe they, knows. I don't know, let it go. It's interesting, though. CEO Barry McCarthy uh, is, is um, in the words of producer Nick, fighting for his life here. He told this story in his letter to shareholders. He wrote, quote, In high school, I spent three summer months working on a cargo ship. After midnight on my second voyage, I was asleep when the alarm for general quarters woke me. My reporting station was on the bridge. Fear is a great motivator. I dressed while I ran. The 720-foot ship was doing 27 knots, and the helm was hard a lee. This is a shareholder letter, by the way. Uh, is this from Masayoshi-san? Quick or is reminder. Or from yeah. Peloton? Right? Like, you Holy really should. <laughs> can, you, can you pull up Where the, is like, this story going? I mean, do they wind up in the... Do they wind up in the water with a thousand sharks? <laughs> Stay with me. The ship was healing sharply to starboard and the steel hull was shuddering. The captain was trying to turn the ship around, but a ship that big going that fast takes miles and miles to change direction. We saved two men's lives that night. They'd been lost at sea in the Mediterranean for several days. A fortunate, happy ending. Peloton is like that cargo ship. We've sounded the alarm for general quarters. Everyone's at their station. We continue to add new inputs to evolve our go-to-market strategy to restore growth. When will the ship respond is the question. Our goal is fiscal year 2023. In a time when men <laughs> like control the open seas. Oh I mean, goodness. it just sounds you like an action laugh, film. At a time when people couldn't leave their homes and go to the gym, one hero <laughs> created a bike with an iPad. They are f we didn't see that iceberg coming, nor did we see the end of the Believe pandemic. That. We didn't see it. I mean, Barry wasn't there then. It's not an No, episode. no, Barry's the cleanup guy, and he is like, He's how effed. bad is this going to get? Yeah. But, I mean, I don't want to say this because it's going to wind up Shit being an incredibly leave. long bleep, but holy <laughs> Sorry for the long bleeps, but yeah. this is not good. They no. have... Th this is where, remember I was thinking about buying the stock, I was gonna J-trade this, but then I was like, maybe I should buy the bonds because the bonds are senior to the equity. Mm -hmm. So looking at this, you know, they're running out of cash fast. Yeah. The inventory, 1.1 billion in inventory, that's worth like 200 million. Dis yep. Discount that all the way down to 20%. Okay, so yeah. you got 200 million in inventory, best case, my estimation. Look at they gotta pay, they got accounts payable of 800 freaking million dollars yeah. and They've and only got 1.2 billion in cash. So if they were to pay down their accounts payable, they're sitting on 400 million in cash, but their free cash flow went negative 411 million in this quarter. Are they one quarter away from flipping the car? The boat's going to sink in a quarter or two? I mean, I is think that what that's this is saying? Where I feel like that's where they were the last time we talked about this and they nothing one has quarter changed away. so far. Yeah. Q4 net loss of $1.2 billion and Q4 free cash flow negative $411 million. Oh. Oh. This is a disaster. Um, oh. I have to say, like, this is not looking good. Th when we talk, I I've talked about this many times, having this is my third big war, you know, like I, I made it through World War One and World War Two of like mm -hmm. economic craziness. Of I don't want to mm -hmm. have business like dot com, 
and Great Recession. Okay, I don't know if this is Vietnam, the Korean War, or World War III that we're going through right now in terms of the metaphor. Sorry for the war metaphors, but it's, it's you know, I'm a guy. Um, and <laughs> uh, toxic masculinity, whatever. Uh, this is serious. Like, in war, people die. Like, boats sink. And this is a sinking boat. Like, this is tragic. It's hard to leave if you will, in the words of Barry McCarthy. Yeah, I had to look up a Lee. I I've never heard that phrase in my entire Hard life. Hard a Lee. This guy's dropping like maritime buzzwords on us. I mean, you really do hate to see it. And he was handed a bad hand, right? Like he or dealt a bad hand. This is a rough um, situation for him to have had to walk into. I, I don't know how Hard you. I I wonder why no one has acquired Peloton yet. But if not, this feels like the quarter to do it, except that maybe even they are like, mm -mm. you got to think they're talking to people. Like, how do we get out of this? They mess? And the easiest thing to get out of this mess would be for somebody to buy the asset and, yeah. you know, put it into a stronger, you know, and they could probably get the asset, you know, for close to free and you get 3 mm -hmm. million subscribers. Pretty great. Uh, this right. thing is you have maybe, subscribers. The brand has a ton of value. Like sure. where's Amazon here? You know? Well, you know, with this, Lena Khan, you know, anti conglomerate thing, I think you take a lot of the big and I'm not saying I'm against that. Um, you're yeah. taking a lot of the big acquirers out of the mix. So you know, Google, Apple, maybe. Amazon, or like, if we're going to go to bat on buying something, maybe we shouldn't go to bat on Peloton. And this is where like, I think they said the you know, the general rubric here is companies with over $500 billion market caps, Mm -hmm. or like monopoly positions are the ones who are going to be the most stringent. So who does that leave? Mm -hmm. Okay, the 100 200 billion dollar crowd, it's not a lot of people there. This, is, did, this is a challenge. They did just enter into an e commerce partnership to sell on Amazon. Uh, Peloton's on Amazon. Well, duh, that's where the consumers Which, are. Duh, right, exactly. I mean, the idea that you could avoid Amazon at in today's day and age as a retailer, like this is yeah. a fantasy. Yeah, that people who were you know had tons of venture money you know kind of believe they could go direct and you know capture all that margin and then it turns out you know sometimes you need distribution so i like magic spoon we had them on the pod mm -hmm. you know that protein cereal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. magic spoon is on amazon uh so you don't have to buy a subscription they i mean it's a hell of a lot i think it's 15 16 dollars a box mm -hmm. and then i noticed they have a competitor now so this is what happens like you, you you get forced to go on Amazon where the prime customers are. Yeah. But then what you'll see on Magic Spoon, if you look at related products, and so, you know, I, I wanted to buy Magic Spoon, but I don't like opening another account and dealing with that. But then I saw them here. I was like, oh, maybe I'll order some. And then when I looked at related products, you know, like people buy ads, mm -hmm. what you'll see in the, is it related products or people search for this, search for that? People scroll also down, buy, yeah. If you scroll down even further. Or if you just go here, look, right next yeah, to it. The second go. one, look at the second one up there. Click on the one next to magic protein and gluten-free breakfast cereal by blah 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 so i don't know three who wishes. this is right. three wishes is now got a knockoff you get six boxes for the price of the other one mm -hmm. look at the price per um what is the price per ounce on this i can't read it a dollar 89 cents they grabbed yeah. the entire branding so anyway now nick uh take a look at um the cost per for the other one uh for magic spoon a dollar yeah. two looks like but depending on that it's a you know it obviously varies by yeah. so box size it, but that's that's what you're dealing with right but now. none of it's 89 cents exactly w is there would there have been a b2b play 
for Peloton? Like, could they yes. have made a deal with Equinox? Like, just buy. We talked all, about you know, that, right? Like, what a great merger. Well, no, this is what I think. I, you know, at, um, we have like one of hotels. those. Uh, we talked about hotels. Talked about hotels. There mm -hmm. was uh, we have like a communal, um, um, you know, gym at uh, the resort where I have a ski house, and they have um, two Pelotons there. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll jump on a bike. I've never done it. I do the treadmill. And it was like, oh, you have to log it and type your login in. And I was like, ah. and I was like, why don't they have the QR code here? I was about to do it, but I got into the weights. Um, but I think this would be the move. If I had a bunch of cash or a, a private equity, this is a free private equity play. Go buy Tonal, Hydro, and Peloton. And then go find gyms that are going out of business or maybe a gym like 24-hour fitness and put these assets together. Come up with a brand name. Peloton seems like the best one to use. So make it the Peloton Hydro, make it the Peloton Tonal. And then just make it 24 hours a day. You come in anytime you want, like 24 hour fitness. And these could be like a different footprint size, you know, and you could put them into apartment buildings or flow, whatever you want, colleges. And you get access to all this equipment. If you have a membership, and the membership allows you to go to any of those anywhere they are, it would mm -hmm. be brilliant. Mm -hmm. Be brilliant. Because that's like, recording yeah. everything is so much it's such a game changer when you record all your workouts and you can see them in one interface so right now uh, uh, apple health lets me sync my peloton workouts and my tonal workouts my FitBod workouts and then like if i do an outdoor you know have an outdoor bike ride outdoor yep. walk you know that's built into apple so i kind of see everything in one place it's kind of nice mm -hmm. um that they can mm -hmm. import the peloton stuff so this is why Apple could have a series of gyms, or Amazon could have a series of I gyms, know, like they're yeah. going into healthcare, and yeah. it's about prevention now. So if you put it under the health rubric, my lord, what a great imagine though, if they because Amazon's doing retail, mm -hmm. imagine if Amazon, what do they call their quick service or their top stores, like with the top mm, 100 yeah, items, maybe the, they call it five star or four star Amazon, something four -star. like that. Yeah, those stores are awesome. Those stores are uh, like, irresistible. Make yeah, that a, like, into a gym or, or give the Apple branding, you know, Apple and Peloton is such a like natural sort of feeling brand tie up, but it's also super far afield for them. Like, yeah, they sell premium hardware and they're good at making and selling premium hardware, but it feels like a stretch for Apple too. Like it's hard. You're right with, with Amazon somewhat off the table because of antitrust, it's hard to think who would rescue them at this point, unless it's like Walmart or, you know, we looked at hotel chains and they all have like the same market cap as Peloton. They don't even have enough anymore. I'm going to say mean, this is Airbnb, crazy, Molly. Like, here's a crazy idea for you. Yeah. Amazon buys a mall. Amazon buys a strip mall, whatever. Mm -hmm. Amazon buys a mall. All you malls. got your Amazon four star. You got an Amazon books. You got an Amazon go the quick serve. You got the Amazon fresh. You got a Whole Foods and mm -hmm. you have a Peloton store. Yeah. How great would that mall be? Or a strip mall? They should just do this as a pilot. Find a great strip mall in San Diego, you know, the Bay Area or Los Angeles. They're all over the place. You know, these strip malls where you have yeah, like yeah, 100%. Maybe and they're all like 40 empty. parking spots and mm -hmm. five stores and it's like a framing store and a dry cleaner. Buy one of those, you know, a two story one and put in four Amazon stores. It'd become a sick destination. I mean, honestly, I would buy everything there. I'm so sad to say it, but I would. I mean, you know, this is the thing yeah. as consumers, you want convenience. Um, and you want really great products. And Amazon is the most convenient of any product ever made for humans. Oh, aside from like maybe Uber and them. Yeah, like those are the two most convenient. It'd be the um, chat has a funny idea, which is that flow could add Peloton to its houses. Rivka.
Let's go. Get Adam. on the. Let's do the tonal, and then we do a shot, and then we do Peloton. Okay, Rivka. <laughs> let's the go good on. stuff. Right. Okay, we put the fourteen ninety two in the water cooler. Everybody loves the gym now. Okay, it's genius. <laughs> <laughs> you want right, to go to the gym and do a shot? Let's go shots in the gym. <laughs> Drug Peloton <laughs> class. Let's go flow. <laughs> I just. I'm here to make Molly laugh. <laughs> Listen, if you're a founder or an employee of a startup, it's critical that you become capital efficient at a time like this. Fundraising, really hard. And your burn rate, hey, that might make you unfundable and you want to make that runway last as long as possible. Well, one great way to do that is to cut the cost of running all of these disparate SaaS applications. Why not run on one platform? And that one platform is called Odoo. Using Odoo's suite of business applications means you don't have to have a bunch of messy SaaS subscriptions everywhere that nobody's using, that are costing you all this money, you're getting charged on your credit cards every month. Nope. Everything you need is already in Odoo. All you have to do is turn it on. Boop. When you're ready. And they'll only charge you for the apps you use. They want to grow with you. They want to support you. They have over 40 main apps and 16,000 apps from their open source community. We're talking about all the important stuff, sales, accounting, marketing, automation, HR, website builders, and so, so much more. And this will streamline your business. No more issues transferring your data back and forth and wasting time. Now it's time for the best part. The call to action on this is amazing. The first app you use on Odoo is free forever, okay? And they're so confident, they're gonna give you a $1,000 credit on your first implementation pack. All you have to do is go to odoo.com slash twist, odoo.com slash twist for $1,000 off. That's odoo.com slash twist. Uh, you're one of your other favorite generals, not Zod, the uh, other one, Slootman. Oh. This is a tale of two earnings reports mm. that we have today. So if Peloton Slootman. is oh. almost is, is kissing right up to default dead, mm. um, another mm. pandem pandemic darling is booming after. Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, Revenue up. Look, a uh, normal, a see. great growth company, Revenue. twenty to thirty percent. I don't, I don't know the answer here, but if it's General Slootman, my guy, mm, Slootman Zaslov, yeah, I'm gonna guess Slootman is double. Is double a high quarter growth over quarter instead of twenty year over year instead of twenty okay. to thirty percent? I think he's forty to sixty. This is Snowflake, by the way, that we're talking Snowflake, about. Cloud yes. services provider Snowflake, mm. just for uh, those of you at home who might be trying to keep up. What did he do? Q2 revenue, $497 million, <laughs> up 83% year over year. What? 80. What is that? That's good numbers for a Series A company. <laughs> year over year. 18% selling quarter crack quarter. or fentanyl? <laughs> when you buy Snowflake, do they give you fentanyl pills with it? Why is this thing so addicting to people? I mean, I don't. No, I don't even 1 million percent understand what they do, except for print money, evidently. Net revenue retention rate of 171%. So Snowflake grew revenue 71% from the customers it already had. It was like, hey, guys, you want to give us some more money? And they did. This guy's got more net did. retention than El Chapo. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, we need to send him a T-shirt that says that. More net retention than El Chapo. This guy is, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh my God, it's incredible. Uh, Frank Sluman, only the government can print money. The rest of us have to take it from somebody else. I mean, he wrote in Amped Up. Thank you, producer Rachel. He's such yeah, a he's gangster. 
I, you know what? I'm making my own legion. I'm making my legion of uh, super villain CEOs, like the almost hardcore. Mm -hmm. And it's General Zod, Zaslov. I got Slootman. We're going to have to do our hardcore CEO draft. You got we Slootman? definitely are, because I'm not sold on Zod yet. We'll see if he actually, if this works Okay, for and then you put Adam Newman in there. These are some hardcore people. Some hardcore supervillain CEOs. Put jobs in there, uh, Bill Gates. I feel like Frank Slootman somewhere right now is like, excuse me, but I do not deserve this. Adam Newman pairing. Um, but whatever. Let's I mean, Newman's about, got his own know. super. He's like the, Newman's like the Riddler. I mean, Slootman's Lex Luthor. Yeah, he definitely is. Product gross profit. This is a fun one. $334.7 million up 93% year over year. Okay. Gross Hold profit up 93% year over So he year. grew the top line 83% and then he grew the bottom line an extra 10% on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. so he basically told everybody, I want to double revenue, but I want you to do it more profitably. Usually when mm -hmm. you try to hit big numbers, you got to invest and spend money. Guy's a murderer. Yeah. I mean. Full on. They did have, interestingly, a Q2 net loss of $223 million. They did. They, oh, you know what? This might be right. also like either investment losses or stock-based comp. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's probably a little stock-based comp in there. Snowflake right. trades at the largest price-to-sales multiple of any public SaaS company. 29x. Yeah. Well, you got the Slootman factor. I mean, this is like the Slootman factor is at work here. He sluted it. I he mean, saluted it. He saluted the whole <laughs> company. I mean, and the, this is what he did. Earnings. He came in. He said, show me your, I want to meet every salesperson mm -hmm. and I want to see your number. And then they brought him the numbers and they said, here's your number. Here's your new number, double. And, uh, and they said, okay, well, what, what's the other option? He said, there's the option. And he pointed to the door. That's it. You double your revenue or there's the door. I'll find somebody who can. And you know what? Crazy goal. I bet you that's the goal. He said, I want double. Yeah. Or you can pick door number two, which by the way, is door number one. So it's door number one is you double your book of business. Door number two is, there's the f***ing door. I'm sorry to bleep it out. There's another bleep for your Rachel. That's it. Fired up. He saluted him. He saluted the sales team. Yeah. Salute the Slootman. You will salute the Slootman. earnings call, he said, Snowflake's next frontier of innovation is aimed at transforming how cloud applications are built, deployed, sold, and transacted. Whoa, and then he went on to say, out. in the scariest threat to anybody else in this business you've ever heard in your entire life, we look forward to executing against this growth opportunity. <laughs> Did he just Are describe like AWS or GitHub? I mean, both I think he just described way? cloud computing. I think he just he was described all, hey, all SaaS. I think Salesforce, by the way, had like a down quarter. I think they like everybody. Sluman is coming for everybody. He's like, oh, are you an awesome database? Are you cloud services? Are you uh, the way that cloud services, cloud applications are built, deployed, sold, and transacted? Well, that would mean, uh, that would mean an Apple? app store. Well, right. no, it's, an it's a business-to-business -business app store, which, by the way, Salesforce has an app store. It does incredibly well. We have a couple of startups that sell in the Salesforce app store. So you have Salesforce as your CRM, but then you plug in other things you need in your company, right? Yep. This, to me, feels like he's going after that, maybe. Well, let me see. Salesforce reported earnings today, and it was like, uh, yeah, they trimmed full year expectations for earnings and revenue because they're getting saluted. Dude, is that tower coming down and a snowflake's going up in downtown San Francisco? No, man. He's like Dr. Freeze. He's going to come in there and he's going to just like manifest the first snowstorm in San Francisco history. He's going to come in here like global warming. 
there's a blizzard. He puts a blizzard on the Salesforce tower. This is, this is like getting, this is like the action movie of earnings reports. I mean, we can you forward. imagine we're in the like greatest I financial just, turmoil since 2008? It's 15 years after that. And then Slootman's like, you know what? I'm just going to put up numbers. You guys can all cry in your coffee. You want to do a riff? <laughs> okay, riff. You guys can cry in your coffee. Reset expectations. You know what we're going to do? We're going to beat expectations. Yeah. This is what I like. You, I don't yeah. care what the conditions are out there. Let's play the game on the field. Get it done. Get it we done. Look forward. Don't you have a chill? We look forward to executing against this growth opportunity. <laughs> Peloton is like people Peloton are jumping out the window. And then people at Snowflake are like literally taking the beach. You know, like they're just literally taking, invading other markets. Yeah. Just mountains of cash. Crazy growth. They're banshees. All right, now we got TV, Vikings. action movies. I'm sorry. And I'm cool, so excited. I wish I was exciting drama on the brain. It's time to toss the lawn Harris. We got J trade here. Our man, the Lonster, here to talk. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 hold up. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> oh, the glasses are coming on. Sorry, I gotta <laughs> open my the Robin Hood. The glasses are coming on. I'm ready to salute. <laughs> I need me to. Put a bet on Slootman before the mm. Fed makes a decision. <laughs> God almighty, this just shows you great companies can be built in down markets. This guy's going to take yeah. over the world with this company. What if he starts buying other companies? I don't know, man. Mm. He can do anything. <laughs> Here's Lon. All right, everybody, on the phone today is Open Phones founder, Darina Kulia. Welcome to the program, Darina. Thanks, Jason. Great to be here. Now, what mistakes do most founders make with phone numbers in their startups? Great question. First one is they use their personal phone number for their business. And it's an easy mistake to make because you don't necessarily think about it much. You know, you incorporate your company, you put your phone number, there's all these forms you fill out. It very quickly goes from being your personal number to being the number for the company. And when that happens, there are all these data aggregators and all kinds of services that take your number and put it everywhere. Yeah. Suddenly now there is this uptick in spam text messages. It's the worst. Yeah. And people just wonder, like, how are others getting my number? Well, let me tell you, you put it in different places and it kind of uh, snowballed from there. So that's the first mistake. Yes. The second, which is initially as a founder, you are the salesperson. You're the only sales, sales rep. And then you hire a first sales rep. And sometimes founders let that person use their personal oh. phone number. Oh no. That number, the data, everything that happens is just fully belongs to the sales rep. And if that person leaves- You lose the entire history with your customers. Yeah. And then what if that sales executive goes to a competitor? Exactly, yep. Okay, everybody, Twist listeners can get 20% off any plan for their first six months at Open Phone. Just go to openphone.com slash twist. If you got an existing number, they'll put it right over for free. Head to O-P-E-N-P-H-O-N-E dot com slash twist today for 20% off. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the highlight of the week for all this week in startups, listeners, and Molly and myself. The amazing Lon Harris is here. He's at Lon's on the Twitter, twitter.com, L-O-N-S. If you would like a great mixture of a classic coastal elite and and huge nerd <laughs> who understands everything about film. Mm -hmm. This is the Twitter handle you've been waiting for. Uh, does, it, does this look like the home of a coastal elite? To you? Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a joke. It's a little bit of a joke. This is not the coastal elite. <laughs> but I do like that you put some, I mean, what's going on with these uh, pictures on the wall? You, you're, you, you punched up your background. 
Oh, I put some art. Yeah, well, I, these were all over my apartment, but now that I'm on Zoom so often, I was like, yes. I need a, I need a permanent sort of backdrop. And, and did uh, my sheets ever come? Did they get you the sheets or no? I never. We say. never did the sheet. We did not the do noties, the sheets. Damn it! The noties asked about those. Just right, the, the noties asked about I'm going the fresh every week. It was, it was fresh. a research thing. I was supposed to look into what are the good. I don't know. I don't you know, know sheets not, that I never it. did. It's enough. It's enough. Fresh. I want you to send two sets of sheets, um, <laughs> one brand, the number two brand, up to a thousand dollars in sheets. Jeez. But I want a duvet or something very nice. So when I'm talking to Lon on Thursdays, I get a nice view here. Okay, that's it. Fair enough. I believe this is a queen. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All hail the queen. Uh, speaking of the queen, hey, uh, look at hey, you. Oh, uh, House of Dragons came out, and all of us have PTSD. Lon, yeah. what did you think? I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I, it. It's enough to keep me coming back for more. Uh, and it does feel like they made it feel like more Game of Thrones. Like it feels like a continuation of the original series enough that I feel like people are going to get back on board. And I think a lot of people almost wanted an excuse. Like they wanted to get back into Game of Thrones, but it ended on this kind of sour note. And they were just looking for, give me an excuse to get back into this. Give me something to hold on to. And I think it, it's good enough for that. So it's uh, the Rogue say, One. I, it's the Rogue One of the Star Wars universe. It pulled people <laughs> back in after some missteps. I, I do feel like the scale. I was saying this to Molly before we went live. I feel like the scale is a lot smaller in a weird way now. Like we went from this is a show about the politics and uh, of this whole world and Seven all the kingdoms. different players and all the different houses. And this one feels a lot more like a personal story about a few of these characters. And I'm not sure how that's going to play over the course of multiple seasons. But for now, it feels like it's going to let them focus on on a few characters and, and let them grow this sort of main storyline out more, which I like. How did it do, Molly? Um, like, do, do we have any metrics yet on how this Largest did? Largest premiere in HBO's history, drawing almost 10 million viewers. There is some pent-up demand for Game of Thrones content, it appears. Wait, wait. Um, yeah. Largest premiere. If you add up, if you add up TV, HBO online, and HBO Max, almost 10 million viewers, which is the most for any first weekend of an HBO show. Yeah, ever. That's a wait. 10 million people watched it mm -hmm. in like the first like I think four days, something yeah. like that. But they Holy say, I mean, cow. Game of Thrones, it's front loaded, so almost like 40 percent of your views come in on Sunday for Game of Thrones. So well, it's appointment, would you you'd say? Right. Yeah. Yes. But mm -hmm. uh, but 10 million is very good for for an HBO show. And uh, obviously they're they, wow. they sounded pleased. People liked it. They got an 83 percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes uh, from 400 plus reviews. George R. R. Martin said to your point about the kind of smaller world that Game of Thrones was high fantasy and House of the Dragon is meant to be more of a Shakespearean tragedy. I thought oh. that the responses were I was surprised to see that 83 percent fresh. Um, rating because I thought the responses were kind of all over the place. I personally like I don't want to watch anymore. I mean, you all because know me to have why? low emotional bandwidth, and I don't like you know I don't like mm. these shows where like, but certainly like mm. I just don't want to see a show where like a lady gets carved up. But I'm supposed to feel fine about ladies in this world because one gets to be the queen. Like, I, I, mm. well, I think it's just that, yucky. That that very and it's violent, gonna get worse. Yeah, that very there's a very violent and disturbing birth surgery sort of forced birth sequence in this that a lot of, of uh, people found sort of objectionable. It is very difficult to watch. I think they, the creators almost compounded the problem 
because in advance of this show, they made a whole big thing about we're not going to do as much violence against women. And that was such a big Game of Thrones thing. And it's not going to be what drives the plot this time. And this is a lot less of that kind of stuff. And it's more. And then the the pilot, the very first episode is the Red Wedding part two. Really gruesome scene of violence against just a woman, not, yes. it's not like well, a- Well, in a, the most vulnerable and, at, you know, I, feminine peak of, you know, making really a baby, that, right, yeah. Like, I literally of, felt like it was an F you to all of us. Like, I was just like, oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Thanks And for I that. feel like if you had approached it in the, almost the exact 180 opposite way, if you had warned people, look, yes. the inciting incident in this is extremely troubling, but mm-hmm. we're trying, we're gonna get away as the season progresses, we're gonna get, whatever. If you didn't deny what you were doing, and so then it feels like you're jerking the rug out from under people, I think well, your reactions are going to be also better. They also it. Or just don't. It. it doesn't need to be so disturbing and visual. It really you can did almost, not. You did you not could, have to do that on. You could just show her die. Time. That's it. Or you, you could, could just show her with a towel over uh, a sheet over her, or the face, and she died in or the, you know whatever. The actor, the actor playing the king, uh, Paddy Considine, is an amazing actor. You could also, show him reacting, yeah. reacting, yep. and he the would end. sell you on the gruesome horribleness of what's happening. And it, she's about to spoilers. The woman is about to die anyway. What matters in terms of the ongoing show is how this affects him. So right. why would you show? just an objective bird's eye view of the horror instead of the face of the yes. character reacting to it. And it also gets you out of having to show all of the blood. Well, and, and mm-hmm. this wasn't the only like hyper violent aspect of the show. Right. The golden guard right. goes out yes. and decides <laughs> we're going to round yeah. up every criminal and judge dread them. You're yeah. guilty. Here's your punishment. We're going to castrate you or chop off a limb. Seem mm-hmm. to be the top two things. Yeah. And there were so many they had to cart them off. In a cart. In, in mm-hmm. wheelbarrows. And wheelbarrows like, of appendages. People were just like, yay, Game of Thrones is back. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember why. I mean, I, so I, they did I put like, in our watched faces. the first season of the first Game of Thrones. And then I read all the books. And then I was like, I'm not watching that. Because <laughs> I knew what was coming. You knew the red yeah. wedding was coming. Yeah. yeah. I was like, nope, nope, nope. And then when they got past the point where there was book material and started inventing new material. Then I started to read the recaps because I still was like, I don't think I want to watch it, but I'll read the recaps. And then I watched like the last half of the last season. But watching this first premiere did make me remember why, like, I don't, that's not fun for me. (laughs) Well, does it read less disturbing when you read about the Red Wedding? Was it less disturbing than seeing that episode? I guess. I never watched that episode. I just read the recap. I was like, hell no, I'm not watching that. And then they made it even worse. It, I think in the just show, the fact that you're reading it on the page is it's not as visceral. Like it's still upsetting and disturbing and gross, mm-hmm. but there's something about seeing it visually that that massively compounds that. And they do. Well, it's right. I've read some of the books too. Uh, they do tend to up the graphic nature of the vibe. Martin might say. And he slashed him with his sword, splitting Sir Robert in in two. But mm-hmm. that's not that graphic. Whereas when right. you see it and there's guts yes. filling and out. Sound and, yeah, the fl- and the sound. Remember and Remember the guy who wanted to flay and... everybody? Ugh. Like there was one group of people in the original Game of Thrones who were into flaying, which is like cutting yeah, the yeah. skin off. Sure. I was the like, flay, yeah, that's dude. Their, that's their sigil. That's, I'm like, mm-hmm. they're the, what the is Bolton, the flayed man? They're the flayed man. That's the Bolton House sigil. Yeah, I mean, I mean literally, I was like, a yeah, sigil I'm, I'm is their signature. They're symbol, like, like how symbol, the Starks yeah. are wolves and Got the Targaryens it. are dragons. The picture on the I mean, are a, a man being hung with his skin flayed off. 
if that's your insignia for your house mm. you're a pretty sick group of individuals yeah I mean, that's well, the a, boltons are messed up uh -huh. that was bruce it's pretty and ramsey yeah uh, yeah all right yeah. so let me ask this so i just want to make I mean, it I'm clear just, that i don't want to yeah. watch that show no for problem. our no no we won't, we won't. that it's bad because now i get to tap all of this knowledge <laughs> i'm sitting yes, here knowing exactly. bruce and ramsey bolton are and getting know, nothing nice out of it nice work um, so this house of the dragons must be making zaslav General Zaslav. I refer to him as General because he is my Zod. Always my favorite villain was Zod. Kneel before Zod. And now the HBO employees must kneel before General Zaslav and explain themselves. Where is the next House of the Dragon? What's next? How does this impact the streaming wars, do you think? Like, this is a big, this is the biggest bet they've ever made. And it's paying uh, off. I mean, it's up there. It's I mean, the, there. the great news for HBO is they already have a bunch of other spinoffs in active development. So this is like a continue. You're on the right track. Green light a few more of these. Okay. Uh, we this is their Marvel. This is their Star Wars. This is a Corliss Valerian, mm. uh, who played played by actor Steve Tucson. He was the uh, he's the the black guy with the the dreadlocks who was yes. in House of the Dragons on the King's yeah. Council. He's playing he's character named Corliss Valerian. They already have a spinoff in development about him before the action of this show. He was a pirate. He was like, a, so the sea snake is what they called him. So it's about his naval adventures would be another show. There's the adventures of Duncan Egg, which is about a knight and his squire around this time. There's uh, there's the guy like, there's uh, Princess Nymeria, which is like uh, an ancient myth in the Game of Thrones world they could go back and make. So... It's great news for them because they were already working on this as if it was their big Marvel Star Wars type franchise. And now this is a big green light. Like, yes, people are into it. Keep going. That's fantastic. Great. All I care about is the Starks. <laughs> like uh, Arya Stark is the. Uh, there, well, the, bi the big the biggest spinoff they have currently in the works is they announced Kit Harington is signed on to come back as Jon Snow. So uh, we're going to get a sequel series about Meh. whatever, you know, remember Game of Thrones ended with Jon Snow abdicating the throne. He goes back north of the wall to go live presumably with the wildlings. So mm -hmm. all I care about is Sansa and Ara. Uh, is Sansa well, dead? No, Sansa is the queen of the north. Yes. So Sansa is running Winterfell Arya? at this time. Arya Played by Maisie, my, my pal Maisie Williams. We don't know. She's like Adventuring. Hero. Yeah, Adventuring. She's, like a, she's like a faceless man. Uh, assassining. Mercenary assassin. That's all I care about. Make me the Arya Stark. Uh, Ar is it Arya? Arya, Arya Stark. Well, what, I want Arya Stark with a little Sansa on the side. That's this all I Jon care about. This Jon Snow show, they're, they're, they're playing it very cagey right now. But I, it would be, obviously, he's not going to stay north of the wall the whole friggin' time. That would be boring. <laughs> I mean, he's I don't mean I don't mean to bait and trigger you guys, but like, of course, the guy got a show. Like, we oh, only wow. care about Arya Stark. Jon yeah, Snow no. is so boring. All he well, does is Obi stare Obi Wan was about Princess Leia. I mean, Ugh. this is it. Whenever you make it about one of the female characters, it no one you, watches you see it. What it get canceled like Batgirl? No, well, <laughs> Neil before General Zaslav. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just my spicy. I'm just spicy right now. You're, you're a within spicy. the first episode or two. John's back south of the wall. He's back in Winterfell. He's reunited with at least Sansa. I feel like yeah. you'd be crazy him. not kill to him bring... in the first season. I want him. I want him you'd dead be by the crazy not to bring surviving and Starks. then just have it be about Sansa and Arya. And remember, those were Bran the best characters. Bran is in King's Landing. He's king. Right. So you know anyway. you gotta you gotta bring them back into the mix at some point. Let me tell you a quick story. 
True Fabricant is a launch portfolio founder. It's one of my founders. And his company is called Scout. It's a lead gen platform. But Drew was recently under the gun. He needed a developer with a very specific skill set. And Lemon.io delivered the perfect candidate quickly. And they were a pleasure to work with, according to my pal Drew. So take it from me. Hiring developers is one of the hardest challenges you will have as a founder. We all know that. So Lemon.io is here to help you. And they're here to help you hire better developers faster, just like they helped my boy Drew. They have a network of engineers from Europe and Latin America, and every candidate has been tested and interviewed by their team. They know how to find a great developer, and that's their business. Here's how they will help you. There's no wasting time with unqualified candidates. No. Au contraire, mon frère. Easy access to the best global talent. We're talking about the top 1% here. And they can get you a developer up and running within a week. And of course, it's more affordable. Go to lemon.io slash twist to get 15% off your first four weeks. Lemon.io slash twist to get 15% off your first four weeks. Once again, 15% off for this week in startups listeners only at lemon.io slash twist. All right. So Molly, what, so, what else okay, is that? So Zod's just going to be all in on Game of Thrones forever, Zod. right? General like it Zod sounds like he's just kind of killing literally everything point, that's not yeah. that he's pulling the golden cloaks right now for all of the other properties yeah well at this point i mean i think the other thing that's pretty clear is he's he's very down on animation he's not an animation guy hmm. they've been they've been really just routing the entire cartoon network warner brothers animation team even if you've survived at this point they're signaling to you look Why? begin packing I thought your bags. animation made money does animation not make money anymore? I, they must be seeing data that I'm not seeing because everybody else seems pretty bullish on that. Like a lot of other streamers are putting a lot of bets on animation. Sony's strategy is hugely centered around anime and animation. So mm -hmm. I don't, he must be looking at HBO Max numbers I'm not seeing and like Disney animation views and Cartoon Network views are soft because these are all the shows he's cutting. He's cutting a lot of the team over there and he's he's put the fear of god into every cartoon network nice. creator that their shows are going to vaporize and nice. disappear nice. right out of I that mean, nobody wants to be the, you know the let's lower train. the budgets and increase the production because he just they they shut down cape crusader this week which was a a follow-up to batman the animated series an iconic beloved series bruce tim the creator of the original batman was back and it was produced by matt reeves and jj abrams and they just signed this week Matt Reeves to a long ongoing contract. They got him away from Netflix and signed him to WB Discovery. You're going to cancel a Batman animated series from like legendary creators? Even as you sign the Batman director to come, like it seems crazy. Yeah. I can't I explain know. that one. He's postponing, and do we think this is for recuts or for marketing purposes, two big-budget DC superhero movies, including Aquaman 2 right. and Shazam 2. I am not yeah. too worried about Shazam 2, but I do want Aquaman 2 to come out. Uh, I mean, they'll both, they'll both come out. There's a lot. Aquaman 2, at this point, it's so hard to say because there's yeah. so many different conflicting stories. There was the story Zaslav doesn't like the current cut. There's... The Amber Heard question kind of hangs mm, over that right. whole thing. There's also Shazam 2, Aquaman 2, and The Flash interact. 
there are segments in those movies that pay off in the other movie. So every time they move one around, they've oh, got to God. adjust the other two. Mm. Like Michael Keaton pops up in some of these. There's multiverse stuff going on. Uh, okay, so this is a Tetris that they're trying to fix. And every they, every the time they- Pieces they keep these, dropping. Every time they mix one of these movies up, it's ripple effect that is causing problems with the other movies. That's what happens when you f with the multiverse. And you've got, True. you know, Aquaman 2's got the Amber Heard situation. Flash also has the Ezra Miller situation. He? Oh, right. So they have two soup, two of their, you know, one of the top tier and one of second tier character are, are these very troubled. Yeah. Like they're. What do you, what do you do with a disaster like that, Molly? What's the right thing to do? Just separate the art from the individual? Or? Maybe. I mean, I think probably do what you're, he's doing, which is push them out until the news cycle moves on, right? Like let people forget about it. Mm -hmm. oh, I mean, that's that wow. was How Ezra sinister. Miller delay. They kept, they kept pushing the Ezra Miller decision back, push it back. Flash and then he keeps kept getting pushed back. Up. And now they've come out and said, "I'm going to go get help." Um, um, they're 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 they've started the rehabilitation storyline. <clears throat> so hopefully, yep. by the time Flash is ready to come out, they've resuscitated their public image enough that we're all okay seeing an Ezra Miller movie. That's the that's the thinking. I'm not saying it's going to work. That's what, that's that would be thinking. my guess too. Is it's all like delay, 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 and there will be another. Can I ask about a question? Is anybody not going to go see Aquaman because Aquaman two because Amber Heard's in it? Is anybody not going to see the Flash because Ezra Miller's in it? Is it, am I crazy if, to if think the, that it would have less than ten percent like impact? Right this second, you know, it might be a little bit of an impact, but I, I can't. What do you think, Lon? Is it? It is would be, if you had to pick a percentage that, less revenue, tickets sold. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm taking aside like public outcry on Twitter or whatever, but in terms of brass tacks, I think that's what General matter. Zod is about. I think it will matter. I think it, it does impact some people, but okay. not maybe as many as you think from spending all day on social media. Like this is one of those Twitter mm -hmm. is not reality. Yeah. And like this may seem like the only thing that matters to people on social media in the real world. Even awareness of this story is going to be like surprisingly <laughs> low, you know, like. Like a lot of people probably haven't even heard about Ezra Miller's running. I'm not up on that at all. Yeah. Or even know the name Ezra Miller and associate it with the Flash. So you always have to take all that stuff with a little bit of a grain of salt. Can I ask another stupid question? Don't <laughs> these people have morality clauses when they're banking on them in this big way? Because if I remember correctly, like as but one example, uh, Iron Man. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't bankable. He wasn't bondable, I guess. You couldn't get insurance from a film. And, you know, they had to put all these clauses in. Listen, you, you better stay on the straight and narrow or else you don't get this part. Uh, and, and there were, like, significant financial repercu uh, repercussions if you if you screw up. D don't Amber Heard and Ezra Miller have those kind of clauses where it's, like, financially just brutal to them if they screw up? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we, or do those things not work? Up, right? We recently saw this with Jackass Forever. Bam Majera was in it, and then he had a clause that he wasn't allowed, that he had to take drug tests while they were making it. He oh. failed the drug test. That's why he's not in, in the movie. Interesting. Uh, hmm. so there, these, these do still exist. The problem with both of these movies is they're already made. Like, if you're a Warner Brothers, like, yeah, I guess they could sue, maybe they could sue Ezra Miller, but, at this point, you've We're got precedent. a movie. It's worth more as a movie than it is as a lawsuit, a lawsuit. right? Or totally. whatever. Like you want to release it as a movie, get it out there. Um, speaking Somebody's of movies and movies that we there. may or may not go to, hmm. let's talk about the return of Movie Pass, shall we? Oh, I love it. I love it. 
I love everything about this. For those of you who may have missed it, the MoviePass was the movie theater subscription service that everyone was like, wow, that makes no economic sense whatsoever. You could pay $10 a month and go and see as many movies as you want. And then not surprisingly, it shut down almost immediately back in 2018. But now... MoviePass says a beta launch is coming on or around Labor Day weekend, including three pricing tiers that will, quote, generally be at $10, $20, or $30 a month and contain a certain number of credits for movies each, each month. Lon, are you long on this? Is this going to work? Uh, we need <laughs> it's like TBD. No. We, we, need a lot, no. we need a lot more info <laughs> because the economics of MoviePass didn't work. Like, it, it was, people loved it. It was an amazing offer. Of course they did. It, it was not feasible economically. You, people were seeing way, way, way too many movies. Theaters were losing money on this deal. It was just not a good deal for anybody other than people who got to see a lot of free movies. It was a great deal for them. Did you do it? Uh, yeah, I had movie pass. Towards the I end. I wasn't one of the early people in because I was like, how could this possibly work? It does. It seems like a scam. And then once I figured out, oh, no, it's just. VCs are giving them money and then they're blowing it. I'm sure, I got on board eventually. How hmm. many movies did you see in your biggest month? I, you know, I, I was, I'm never that big of a theater. Probably four. I mean, yeah, that's I, I probably I went five, once yeah. a week at my most. But I knew people who were seeing 10, 12 movies a month. You know, going every yeah. night after work. It was so you could. awesome. Yeah. Well, the thing was, you could also see movies that. This is the craziness, Molly. It was, I think it was 14 bucks a month. You could see movies anywhere. And if you saw a movie and it wasn't part of the MoviePass network, like you would just send them the stub and they would yeah. pay you back in your account. Oh it, was, it was the most bizarre was, system ever. And, and it was uh, it was getting wow. people. I mean, I, I will say when it existed, it was amazing for just movie fandom in general because people were people would take a chance. They would go see <coughs> anything because it was free. They were just like, I showed up at the theater and I just walked into this and it was amazing. And so the diversity and breadth of movies that were getting viewed in theaters skyrocketed overnight because of this offer, but it's not a feasible business model. So this well, new one, they're saying three different levels, mm -hmm. and then you're basically entering like a raffle. Like you're you're putting your name into a, a hat or a, a hopper, and they're picking whoever's first come first serve. Certain numbers of people get to see the movie if you're if you got in line early enough. And the different levels, you get more, you know, like they'll weight it more somehow, but they're not, it's not specific yet. So we don't know what the offer really is yet. One thing we do know is that yeah. they are partnered with movie theaters this time. Like they, according to Business Insider, they said they have partnerships with 25% of the theaters in the U.S. Like right. previously, they weren't even partnering with theaters, so they weren't even getting any kind of a discount from theaters. They were no, just they straight were up buying theaters back, yeah. which is bonkers. The so, other... The other thing I'm uh, one more thing before I I I, I uh, there's one more thing that makes me very cautious about this, which is mm -hmm. that the guy, one of the co-founders of MoviePass, who who bought it back and who's relaunching it, also it has uh, his hands in a Web three company oh, that no. is like eyeball tracking on ads, like make sure someone watches a whole ad before they click away. Yeah, and so obviously. That's what this is going to be. It's like, oh, you want your free movie ticket? Watch these five ads and take your mm -hmm. token and then use that to get it. It's like, no, I'm out. That's 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 all. That's what it would take for me to not be interested. If you are watching this on video, you will see me waving my red flag right now <laughs> because that is a problem. Here's the thing. There is a this there is a business here. This could change the entire industry if they priced it like the Epic or I Icon 
ski pass. It needs to cost 500 bucks a year. And for the 500, you should get 20 tickets uh, or something to that effect, like some number of tickets. So actually it would be 50 would be $10. You should get 100 tickets for $500 a year, five bucks a ticket. And you should be able to use it for yourself mm -hmm. or a companion. And you should have to pay it in advance. <coughs> so, you know, these ski passes started, you know, if you get a local one in Tahoe, I think it's five, 600. If you get it across the country and world like I do, it's like 800 or something. But once you, a ski pass now is $150, $250 a day. So once you hit the fourth or fifth day, you've kind of broken even. So it's a great deal. But what it did was it gave them the money in advance. And then they could float the entire business on it. So this would be incredible. And it, what you should do is it should be $500 and you get, you know, 20 popcorns and 20 sodas, whatever size you want. And that would be a really cool way for these movie theaters to like have some base of revenue and to get more people buzzing about stories and talking to them. And then they should say, if you come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, the slowest days in the theater, or you come before 6 p.m. Uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if you come before 6 p.m., your companion ticket is free. So now you're filling it when it's empty and people are buying more popcorn and then you get more buzz about this. This could, this could totally change the whole nature of passion for films. It did for me because when I got it, I bought it as an experiment and I happened to be in LA on my own for a week ahead of my family coming out because I had some business to do. And I was staying downtown LA next to the AMC and the AMC had like, I don't know how many theaters it has down there. It's a, a, it's a Regal, I believe. Down a there. Regal, yeah. right. How many theaters is that thing? 20? Eight, 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 10, 12 maybe? It's big. It's, it was. It's pretty big, yeah. It was big. And I just went in there and I watched, you know, all of these like independent films I had, all the major ones. I did right. five in a week or maybe 10 days. It was yeah. great. That's that's what we were seeing. And, and that was great. I mean, the one other, the one other downside now is that a lot of the theater chains stole their idea. So AMC yes. saw MoviePass and now added AMC Plus or A Plus. I have it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great. 10 bucks a, a month. It's called. I get it's 10 bucks a month and I get a free ticket every month. I get a ticket right. every month for 10 bucks. And you get a little bit of like higher level service, which MoviePass should also integrate. Skipping the right. lines. Yeah. Get, you know, a, like a, that a -list, stuff. They've got a, a few other. And Cinemark mm -hmm. also has one now. And, mm. and you know, so... So those theaters are going to be more inclined to go with their own loyalty programs than right. sign on to the third party movie pass one. Hmm. So I don't yeah. I don't know. Their train may have may have sailed. Uh, it it really pass. all depends on the offer. It's got to be easy and it's still got to feel like cheap, like you're getting away with something. Hmm. For, for I, I want to go for the more high end VIP service. That's what they should be working on. I think it should be a big commitment up front and a great deal on the back end. But Lon, as we wrap here. What, what what should we be looking forward to in the next week or two? In the next week or two, what should we be looking forward to? And then we'll- Well, I mean, long. obviously- Molly's going to try to stump you with a recommendation. Oh, well, sep long. September 2nd, of course, uh, which is a week from Friday. A week from tomorrow, we've got the first two episodes of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power on Amazon. That's a that's a huge debut. Uh, I am also really looking forward to, uh, there's uh, uh, next week on Hulu, there's an FX series called The Patient, this comes from the creators of The Americans, which I don't know if oh, you guys Oh, I love have The Americans, FX's my favorite. The Americans. So good. So the two guys who created The Americans, this is their new show. Steve Carell stars as a therapist who gets kidnapped by Donald Gleason, who is a serial killer because the serial killer wants the therapist to like cure him. 
So he kidnaps what a great premise. <laughs> a therapist and forces him to give him therapy to like cure his homicidal impulses. That's funny. That starts on Thursday, a week from today. On, what is that on called? Hulu. It's called The Patient. Oh you my can look God. up, there's a trailer a ge- out there right now. They bought really that good. in the room. They heard that one sentence and they're like, oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's Silence of the Lambs meets uh dr melfi right uh, but like a little quirky a little little dark comedy yeah yeah so they're gonna so it's literally like if hannibal lecter what was that therapy one that gabriel byrne did i think on hbo in treatment in treatment so it's in treatment meets silence of the lambs what you're telling us yeah i mean uh, or uh, i like your sopranos almost it's a little bit like if you could imagine the tony dr melfi relationship but yes you know like dr melfi is in a basement handcuffed to a wall been taken hostage yeah but it's steve carell too okay molly describe a film or tv series uh that you like and you would like to see more of this is where lon shines so pick (laughs) two or three series you like or movies that you wish you could see something similar to i'll give you an example if i Mm -hmm. i love the film dread and i also loved prey and the predator series so if I were to say to Lon, hey, I enjoy Dread, the Carl Urban, $30 million low finance. Incredible sci-fi film. But I also like the Predator series uh, and uh, you know Prometheus. Mm-hmm. I like this kind of genre of intelligence, sci-fi, gritty, dark. Blade Runner is my favorite film. Lon, what would uh, another film for me to think about for series B? Uh, well, I would, I would recommend in terms of uh, sci-fi, there's a there's a great anime film called Bell that's now on HBO Max. That's almost like a Ready Player One kind of elements, but mixed with a Beauty and the Beast kind of thing. But a, with a with a sort of a dark sci-fi sort of twist. A wait, wait, how do you spell that? B e l l e, just like Bell, like from Beauty and the Beast. Ah, uh, it's basically about this very shy, reserved girl in real life, but then there is this virtual you know, massive virtual online community that she goes in and there she's like a superstar singer and she begins investigating who's this, like there's a, there's a beastly terrorist everybody's afraid of and she decides to find them and figure out what's going on. So it's like, it becomes a play on beauty and the beast. Uh, That one I thought was really good. Also, I think day shift on Netflix, which is Jamie Foxx's new vampire hunting comedy. uh, I think was was a lot of fun and has kind of, Kind of some like some action, some martial arts, but also it's in this like fantasy vampire Los Angeles. Uh, so they, 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 they I watched. By the way, I watched Predator Two to oh, get the sure. scene with the with the at the end, right at the, the end uh, with, with the gun, the revolver, the, yeah. the pirate's gun. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, okay, Molly. Now, so you I understand how the game is played. Stump I, I I also just like, watched Prey, and it was excellent. I you have liked been Prey, trying. Right? Well, there's yeah, also it's fantastic. I would, the one other one I was going to say. Just in terms of action, there's a Korean film on Netflix right now called Carter. Uh, the same director who did The Villainess a few years ago. The Villainess, a landmark Korean action film that actually ended up inspiring John Wick 3. Villainess has this big scene where a bunch of guys are sword fighting on the backs of motorcycles. And it was this very famous scene. And then John Wick 3, they basically like took that and were like, we're going to do that now too. So this guy's new film, uh, it's almost like a crank style thing. You're following a guy who's got like a bomb implanted in his neck and he's got 24 hours to do this like top secret covert mission. The action is ridiculously over the top. Incredible. Awesome. John uh, Woo? No, no. It's Korea. I'm blanking on the, the director's Juwan name. I'll look it up. I'm looking at here. Carter. 
2022. Uh, Love it. Watch this one and then go back and watch the villain as Jong Byung Gil. That's the guy's name. I'm in on that. Um, so I have good. been really for cool. years. Uh, the only two series in my life that I wish I could replace are Buffy the Vampire series, uh, mm. Vampire Slayer, and Alias. Ah. I loved Alias. And then if I just the exact kind of movie that I want to re- watch right now that is not like the opposite of Game of Thrones is like Battle Los Angeles. Just. <laughs> okay. Indulge my military fetish and blow up sure. a lot of aliens. Uh, okay, That's well, all I care uh, about. The, the, the first one, because you said Buffy, I mm-hmm. definitely feel like you need to see Paper Girls on Amazon, which is a okay. graphic novel series adaptation about a group of, there are a bunch of paper girls in 1988, like literally newspaper delivery girls, and then they get sucked into a time vortex and oh end up God. getting, they end up getting like caught in the midst of a feud between groups of time travelers but it, a lot of it ends up taking place in the present day because they they time travel here from the 80s and meet their like adult selves Ali oh, Wong sweet. plays I one remember of them grown this. up you know what's Amazing. interesting I remember this as a graphic novel because yeah. I went on Amazon oh, I did some searches for great graphic novels for mm-hmm. teen girls so or whatever good. and this came up and so what I did was uh, for my daughters I just bought like 20 of the best graphic novels for girls put them on a shelf in the house and I never said anything Molly I just let them sit there. They just appeared. Every now and then I find one of my daughters reading one of them. Uh, this was written yeah. by Brian K. Vaughn, who also did Why the Last Man, which was a fun oh, series. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that's a great series. Got it so yeah. This is a different one of his books that's now getting adapted. But they did. Amazon did a great job. It's really fun. The other awesome. one, I haven't gotten to watch this yet, but I really want to. Uh, there is a German action, period action series called Cleo, K-L-E-O. And it is about a former East German spy. And it's set right after the fall of the Berlin Wall. And she's basically let go from, she's been in prison and she's basically let go from prison because there is no more East Germany. Uh, and so she just start, goes on this path of revenge for everybody who wronged her during the Cold War. You really that sounds get super me. fun. I you really get me, Lon. I cannot <laughs> wait to watch that. Yeah. Wow, here's yes. Leo. This is what I, this is like why I'm like such good friends with Lon because (laughs) I can use him for great suggestions. You know what I wish somebody would remake actually on that note is um, Counterpart. Mm. Like I, if I could just have one campaign, it would be like, please pick up Counterpart. The creator follows me on Twitter now because we kept praising it on this show. Oh my God. Tweet him. It's so, it was so good. Yeah. So good. Thanks Lon. We'll see you next time. Lon, you're the best. Everybody follow Twitter.com slash Lon's. See you guys. Thanks. All right, Molly. What an amazing week we've had thus far. Two days left. We got to get through. You got a big Friday show. Remember, OK Boomer coming. And then, of course, Sunday, we'll have VC Sunday School and a great climate interview. Yeah. As always, it's going to be amazing. Uh, Stay tuned for that. And we've got, let's see, news, founder interviews, OK Boomer, and see you tomorrow. All right. And follow us on the Twitter, Lawns, Mollywood, Jason, TWI Startups. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.